This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you are based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Anthony Reich, Bokertov, good morning. How are you? Bokertov, Chodesh Tov. Um, I want to start with a message that I received yesterday from Mervyn, um, who's trying to make sense of what's happening in Gaza right now. And he perceives that there are really two groups in Gaza, one that he labels pro-Palestinian and the other pro-Hamas. I think it might be easier just to say those who are Hamas supporters and those who are not, because I think it's true that in Gaza there are people who are not Hamas supporters. And his question revolves around why is it not that the the group who are not Hamas supporters, why they're not actually doing something against Hamas, why they're not rising up, why they're not potentially helping Israel, um, because they all understand that what's happening um, in Gaza right now is Hamas instigated and is not necessarily in the best interests of the Palestinian people. And of course, he's right. I mean, that's exactly the situation. The problem is that um, those who are not Hamas supporters are intimidated by Hamas mm. because Hamas has such an iron fist grip on things, even under the current circumstances where um, the IDF and, and, in fact, the Minister of Defense yesterday said that Hamas is losing control over Gaza. I think losing control, I think, is the right term, but I don't think they've lost control over Gaza yet. I still think that they have a certain yeah. element of control, and we actually saw that in the conversation with the hospital where the hospital – um, the, the head of the hospital, the director general of the hospital, wanted to take the fuel that um, the IDF soldiers had delivered, wanted to use that fuel for emergency systems. And the Hamas Palestinian authority, the, the Hamas Gaza Medical Health Ministry said, you are not allowed to use it. So Hamas very much still in control of things and calling the shots about what's going on. And I think that even though there are people on the street, um, innocent uh, Palestinian civilians who are trying to um, somehow say things against Hamas, and we've seen individuals crying out and, and being anti-Hamas, I think that there is still a great deal of intimidation. People are very, very nervous. And we've seen Hamas actually going and shooting towards civilians who want to escape to the south as guided by the IDF um, because they are not obeying Hamas orders. So I think we have to understand some of the um, the, 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 the relationships that are going on in, in, in Gaza right now, and it's really not so simple. It's really not that simple, even for us to, to try to understand as much as we might know what the lie of the land is. It's very, very difficult for us to really understand what's happening. Um, Mervyn did say that he's following... Uh, Lieutenant Jonathan Conricus of the IDF, who obviously has a lot on social media. There are also other very, very good um, people to follow. 
the IDF has an official telegram channel and they are putting out uh, circulars quite frequently in good English and, and I would encourage people to use that if, if they're interested to get updates of what's going on. So, you know, those are really good sources of information. I think reliable sources, in my opinion, of information about what's really going on on the ground. Um, and before we continue, I, I'm, Howard, I know we've got a lot to talk about, yeah. but just to mention again that unfortunately two more IDF soldiers were killed in action in Gaza. It brings the total number of soldiers who have been killed since the ground invasion began to 46. Everyone is valuable to us. Our hearts go out to their families. Um, uh, in the, the, the loss of these lives is um, something that we really all suffer from every time we hear of people having been injured and uh, people being killed. Um, we feel this as a nation. Um, it's very, very painful for us. We try to support the families. Those uh, boys and girls, men and women, are doing a heroic job for us. They're doing God's work in Gaza and on the northern border. And, um, you know, we very much support them and their families as they go through this very hard time. Um, and in fact, unfortunately, there were some deaths even on the northern border of civilians with um, a lot of rocket fire going on from the northern border as well. We didn't have much time to talk about that yesterday. Mm. So, yeah, it's actually fascinating what you're saying about the intimidation because we were talking earlier and uh, one of our guests was saying that there's so much intimidation here and therefore it's easier just to go the pro-Palestinian route um, and march. And if we think about it in a, in a free society, can you imagine what people in, in Gaza are dealing with and have, mm. in fact, been dealing with for many years? All right, uh, let's just uh, let's talk about some of the questions. What's the latest status now? of the hospitals in Gaza. So we heard yesterday that IDF soldiers have managed to go underneath some of the hospitals into the basements and into some of the tunnels that are underneath these hospitals. And in particular, there was quite an extensive report about the Rantisi hospital that we haven't really spoken a great deal about up until now. But, you know, in Gaza, there are a number of different hospitals and all of them have been used to some a greater or lesser degree as um, human shields in order to shield um, activities going on below the ground. We've spoken a lot about the Schiff Hospital, but there is also the Rantisi Hospital, and yesterday's reports really focused around Rantisi Hospital because um, we've had some picture footage coming back from some of the um, basement rooms underneath the Rantisi Hospital and a report that says that the IDF soldiers believe that some of the Israeli kidnapped hostages were held there at some point in the past. And the reason that they believe that this is the case was because they saw that there was um, some toilet facility that had been used on a kind of clearly a temporary basis. They found babies' bottles in this room. Um, so they are of the opinion that Israeli hostages were kept there over the last few weeks. It's not clear exactly where the hostages might have been taken to now because obviously they're no longer there, whether they've been taken out through the tunnels or whether indeed they might have succeeded in smuggling some of these hostages out of the hospital with other people who are escaping from the hospital and managed to somehow conceal them in the crowds of people um, as they escape the hospital to go through the, the, the escape route um, towards the south of Gaza. It's not clear, although I do know that uh, the idea for keeping a very, very careful watch to see if they might be able to identify some of the Israeli hostages who might be concealed amongst other crowds of people moving as they are from the north to the south of the Gaza Strip. Um, in addition to the uh, find of the room where uh, the hostages were apparently kept, there, is, there, there were founds of, finds of masses of, of 
arms and ammunition, uh, rooms that are so amazingly equipped. You would think that, uh, well, they've dug these tunnels under the hospitals all very makeshift. It's really not that makeshift. Some of the facilities that we've seen, some of the pictures and the videos that we've seen coming out of these facilities show an amazing amount of investment of infrastructure built, of, you know, air conditioning and electricity and uh, electricity being channeled from the hospital itself to the underground tunnels to keep um, systems going there. And, and, and the rooms really decked out with some style, to be honest with you, um, and not just kind of makeshift facilities at all. So it's a massive amount of, of investment that's gone to make this comfortable and to make it fit for purpose in, ter- in terms of storing arms and equipment. Um, just the, uh, an amazing amount of uh, stuff that's been stored there um, so far as, as to what has been released to the general public and what the idea of soldiers have managed to find. So um, as I said yesterday, it was my expectation that they would be going down to the tunnels underneath these hospitals pretty soon. We've already started to see that come through. And in fact, um, the Israeli uh, coordinator in Gaza was in touch with Shifa Hospital yesterday to say that Israel is bringing incubators from an Israeli hospital to Gaza to take the incubators to the Shifa hospital for the the staff at Shifa to use those incubators to move babies who need to remain in incubators to allow them to be evacuated from the hospital. So Israel is bringing those incubators from a hospital in Israel to allow them to move those babies. Um, So just to kind of counter some of the significant dis and misinformation that's being put out about um, the humanitarian side of Israel. And even though, you know, the enemy has shown us such uh, lack of humanitarianism, such um, such lack of, of hum- humanity, um, it's, it's a, a source of amazing pride to me that our soldiers and that our people are showing humanity back in spite of the fact that we're not seeing any of it in return. Mm, mm. It's, uh, it's, it's, just, uh, it's just remarkable. Talk to us about the northern borders. So the northern border has really um, continued to be um, very, very active indeed with um, a lot of anti, uh, anti-tank missiles being used on the northern border, IEDs and anti-tank missiles, which the uh, enemy in Hezbollah have already discovered is problematic for us because we don't really have an easy solution to counter the anti-tank missiles in the same way, for example, that we have the Iron Dome that can intercept um, slightly longer-range missiles. When we're talking about mortars and anti-tank missiles, this for us um, is very, very difficult to intercept, and the only thing that we can really do is shield ourselves from it rather than try to prevent that uh, anti-tank missile from striking uh, its target. And the anti-tank missiles have um, had an effect upon us and have taken a toll. Um, there were um, civilians from the Israeli electric company who came under fire uh, during the course of yesterday from the northern border. Um, and so that continues to be very, very volatile indeed. And my impression is that there is a continued uptick of activities on the northern border. And so the question is whether Israel might be devoting more resources to fighting in the north now that we've managed to establish some sort of a semblance of control, at least on parts of the Gaza Strip, that people and air firepower is potentially not needed as much in Gaza, is some of that now going to be redirected to the north? We've seen a lot of 
um, uh, Israeli Air Force activity against targets in the north. I think that's going to continue and probably ramp up uh, in the wake of Hassan Nasrallah's speech um, that took place uh, towards the end of last week. Um, there was a, a threat that things were going to be ramped up. There is a certain um, feeling that Hezbollah doesn't want an open war on the northern border and that Nasrallah right now is trying to maintain a certain situation where he doesn't kind of trip the next point that might escalate things beyond what uh, they currently are. But I don't know whether he really knows where our points of sensitivity are. I think that our tolerance levels are much lower now than they would usually be under similar circumstances, simply because we've got our army called up because we've evacuated people from the north. I think that our tolerance levels are a lot lower, and I think that it would take not a great deal more for him to trip that next that next stage of potentially escalating this war, the war on the nor- in the northern border. So I expect that the northern border is probably going to escalate further mm-hmm. um, over the mm-hmm. coming days rather than, you know, reach some sort of a peak yeah. and, 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 yeah. and scale back. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. And that's um, so a real we- worry. Hmm. Oh, Anthony, are you uh, are you there? I'm with you, yeah. I'm right, with you. there we go. And of course, um, that is indeed so, a, yeah, it's and, a real and just concern. One, one, one more word that I'd like to add is because, you know, when we're talking about these operational activities and we know that, for example, the Chief of General Staff, Herzliya Levy, was on the northern border yesterday to assess the situation and the report suggests that he has authorized further activities and further plans that have been presented to him for engaging in Hezbollah on the northern border. We don't exactly know what they are, but apparently those were laid uh, uh, before him and that he approved them yesterday during his visit. One of the things that we seem not to be able to talk much about are the hostages, um, because, of course, that is one of the primary areas of concern that we have, and I'd just like to encourage people to continue to keep the hostages at the forefront of their thoughts, to wear a yellow ribbon or to, we've got yellow bracelets that we're wearing, to tie a yellow ribbon onto your car, to light an extra candle, to learn the name of one of the hostages. Another picture was released yesterday of one of the hostages, which is so evil and such bad psychological warfare against us. But of course, the hostages need to be at the forefront of our minds because nothing will stop until the hostages are returned home. Of that, one can be absolutely sure. And so that's really got to be somewhere in the front of our thoughts right now. Indeed. And uh, that's where we leave it. Anthony Reich, thank you. As always, we'll catch Anthony tomorrow morning for the Israel Report at 7.45. That Israel Report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohen from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Sahal, who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all. Israel